you, Jesus. We just thank you that you're not afraid of our mess. That if we bring our truest selves to you, that you're not disgusted. I pray that you give us uh, the courage and the bravery uh, to lay who we truly are before you. Because you can't use who we want to be, you can use who we are. I thank you, God, that you're a God who loves me um, no matter what I look like or where I'm at. That you still pursue me. God, that you never think I'm not worth it. this morning that we go into the message with open hearts and open minds. God, that we're willing to hear from you this morning. I pray for Paul as he speaks, um, that you just anoint him. Let his words come out of you, out of his mouth. In your name we pray. That feels awkward. I don't know if I just, I don't know if it feels right. This situation isn't exactly what I wanted. I, I'd feel better about doing this of coming out and preaching a message if there's more people maybe. Maybe if I just felt better about it, I'd do the thing that I'm supposed to do. But oh, feeling's just not right. The situation's just not right. I mean, what, what if I only only did what I wanted to do when I felt like doing it? What if I only was the type of person I needed to be when I felt like doing it? And maybe I just don't feel like preaching a message today. I mean, I do feel like preaching a message today, but what if I didn't? Like, <laughs> what, what if I just decided to not do the things that I should do because I didn't feel like it? I mean, it's silly and it's, it's stupid, but, but, but it's true at the same time because there's so many times where we know the thing that we should do but we don't do it because of how we feel or we blame the situation. We, we said that because of the situation. We did that because of the situation and we just take the responsibility of doing what we should do off of our shoulders because of an emotion, because of something external. Today we're talking about having a thankful heart and thankfulness and gratitude is kind of, it feels a little bit lost today a lot of times. I mean, it's easy to like talk about me and how great I am, but to talk about someone else or something else being good, that's challenging, isn't it? I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start out here today uh, because today we're talking about thankfulness and it can be hard to express gratitude. And further and further we get into this digital age, the harder and harder it becomes to express it from a person to another person. And there's, I mean, and it's funny because like for me to just come over and just be like, Josh, like, I'm so thankful for you guys. Your, your family is so connected into the lives of other people at Gulfside Church. I mean, you've been a part of small groups and You've spoken encouragement into my life and the way that you study the Bible and the way that you speak about what God's speaking to you, like, it's been so encouraging to my heart as we've moved forward in this church. And I wouldn't, like, 
I can't imagine like not having you as part of this movement of people. So just thank you so much for being here. And, and it's easy enough for me to do that, but for some reason there's like this hesitation that if I went and expressed how thankful I am for someone, it's like there's this internal like voice that says, no, don't do it. It's going to be scary. It's going to be awkward. It's going to be bad. Like, just don't do it. But man, I just did it, and it was okay, and it didn't cost me anything. It's not like I have less gratitude to give away now that I just expressed some to Josh. Josh. I, I mean, it, it's easy enough to, like, to, to go around, and I mean, there's so many people, because there's so many things that I felt in my heart, like, Seth, I'm just so encouraged by you, man. I, I've been watching the steps that you've been taking in the last month online, and, and the way that you're loving on your kids, and, and it moves my heart. And I haven't had the chance to say it out loud yet, but I want you to know that it matters, and I'm so thankful for what you're doing. I mean, it's Lexi, like, you're such a blessing, and I know you hate it, but, like, it's true. <laughs> like, and I'm not going to stay out here too long. Don't get too scared. Don't run away from me. Um, but it's true. You are such a blessing. And, and God has put this passion on your heart, and, and it, it affects the whole room. I mean, you bring light into every room that you enter, and we love it. We love it here. R Rich, dude, I, 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 not to embarrass you, but, like, the first time he came here, I, I felt like he looked terrified as he entered the room. But, but by the end, he's like, man, this is like home for me. And he has been here, and he's been serving, and, and he's helped with teardown, and, and he always gives me this big old hug when he comes through the room, like into whatever room we're in. He gives me a big old hug, and I love it. And, and man, I'm just so thankful to have you here. And, and the impact that you're having already has just been great. And, and I mean, I can go section to section, story to story. John, I pick on you way too much, so I'm not going to do that to you today. Um, but Tony, like... You have been such a huge source of encouragement for me as well. Your whole family and the way that you lead them and these kids that you're bringing up and the way that you guys pour your time into them, it shows in the character that they're developing. And I, I'm so thankful. And when you're not here, we miss having you guys here because once again, you're, no, you're another one of those group of people who just you light up the room. And, and I could go through person by person. Um, you sat in the middle, Sally, but I'm going to still pick on you. Um, Sally, you moved here from Indiana and I know that, like, relocating state to state, it is, it is challenging. And there's things that you miss, but uh, Sally can't go to the gas station without talking to the cashier about Jesus. Like, I mean, she's so sensitive to opportunities and creating opportunities, and you are such a blessing wherever you go. And we are so thankful for you. And, and I can choose to adopt that mindset. I can choose to be thankful, or I can be like, oh, man, like, you know, we're a year into this, and we're, we're still a little church, and man, there's families that, that have come here, and, and they never came back, there's families that were here for a while, and they left. Man, at Easter, there was a woman who cried on my shoulder for like 10 minutes and couldn't get together because she was so happy that she found our church, and she was going to raise her son in this church, and she was so thankful, and she's never been back once. <laughs> like, you ruined my shirt for nothing. Uh, I mean, I'm sure God used it in her heart, and I hope that she's okay wherever she is, but the fact is, like, I could just be like, oh, the, the people that we don't have, the seats that aren't filled, the things that I feel like I need but aren't here yet, and I could set my heart and my attitude, and I could say the circumstances, and there's not enough money, and there's not enough time, and there's not enough fill in the blank, and I could live my life that way, or I can look around, and I can see each blessing that surrounds me. And this is true of how you lead a church, but this is also true of how you lead your life, and you know this to be true. You can look around your house, and you've seen all the different posts, you know, the, the dishes are a sign that you have family and that you have food. Like, I, I get that. You know these things. 
But thankfulness, it's like, I, I feel like thankfulness has kind of gotten a little bit divided up in the way that we express it. And, and uh, before we dive too much into talking about thankfulness, I want to look at a verse. We're, gonna, we're jumping to the bottom half of Hebrews 12. We looked at some, some in Hebrews 12 last week, but we're jumping to Hebrews 12, verse 28 today. And, and, and it's a verse that engages in thankfulness. And just a real quick context to the passage. The, the, this book is writ, being written to people who are Hebrew Jewish believers, or, or like they're kind of on the fence, and they're figuring out who Christ is. And we're not completely certain of the authorship. A lot of tradition says the Apostle Paul, but we're not really sure. But, but as he's writing here, uh, this is the chapter that, that goes into, like, the fix your eyes on Jesus, run the race. And, and then he gets down to verse 28, and this is the passage we're going to focus into today, where it says, Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. Now, now, why is he writing this? Why is he writing the, the fact that since we ha- are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable? One of the reasons that he's diving into this is because the world that these people were living in that he was writing to, they felt like their world is completely like on fire, sinking, shaking all the time. Because to be a Christian believer in this age would have meant that you're risking getting thrown out of the temple, the place of worship, not being allowed to ever come back, and those people were like friends, they were family. It, it's risking being disowned by your actual, actual family. It's risking your trade, your occupation. If you were engaged, you'd be risking your future marriage. If you had plans of getting married, it, it, could, it could cause everything to go on fire in your life. <coughs> and, and so as we look at this, and, and they're dealing with worries, and he's saying, you've got to run this race. You, you, you've got to put the effort in. You've got to go after it. Fix your eyes on Jesus through difficult times. And, and he says, since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable. I mean, it's this acknowledgement that the people are going through life, and they feel like, man, life is, life is up and down right now. The, the world it does not feel like a step, safe place to step. And... and I feel like we can associate with that, but it is totally different. Like, the world that we live in versus what they're living in, is, as far as the risks of living out the faith, it's different. But we still often feel like, man, I, I am not sure what things might look like next week or next month. I, I, I don't know what's going to happen with the job. I don't know what's going to happen with the house. I don't know what's going to happen with this relationship. And especially when we get into the, the realities of living out our faith, and, and we're going to really kind of zero in on thankfulness, but it also talks about worship. Um, th- th- this truth that our situation often becomes something that impacts the way that we live, the way that we're thankful, and the way that we worship. And, and I want to encourage you that our situation shouldn't be the, 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 tr- the, the foundation for the way that we live, for the way that we worship, for the way that we express thankfulness. Because right here in this place, you know, it's pretty easy to express thankfulness, but in the midst of the difficulties and the stress of a normal week, sometimes it's harder or more challenging to be thankful. And, and, and I'm going to be, begin to just dive into, and today's sermon is really simple. There's going to be two points for you to hang on to. And, and they're, they're written in a way that should help you remember them. Um, but, but I believe that the truths are important. And, and just as we dive into this passage just a little bit, since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, I just want to rest for a second on that truth that no matter what is going on in the world, the kingdom that we're receiving is not unstable. 
What, what God is going to do in this world is not in question. What he says will happen when we live a certain way, it's going to happen in time. And that's good and that's bad. If we're living in a way that disagrees with what Scripture teaches, eventually we're going to see the result of what Scripture teaches to those habits, those addictions, and those hang-ups. If we live in a way that He calls us to live, if we walk that path, chase after Him, I believe you're going to see the result in your personal life, in your workplace, and in your marriage. The kingdom of God is unshakable in that respect. But our obedience has often been shaken by, by just the situations that surround us in, in a way that says, if I don't feel like going to church, if I don't feel like serving, if I don't feel like doing the right thing, if I don't feel like doing what I said I would do, then I'm just not going to do it. But I believe that there's a better truth for us to, to live off of, and especially when it comes to thankfulness. It's like, I don't always feel like I should say something, but the fact is, thankfulness is so intimately connected into our worship and our spiritual life. For whatever reason, God connected this in so many passages where, where it just connects thankfulness and worship. Thankfulness and worship. And I believe that part of that is because thankfulness is putting us in a correct order with God, of saying, God, what I have now, I'm thankful for. And what I don't have yet, I don't need. And so I'm going to be thankful for what I have right now. And, and so the first point that I want to give you guys from today is that I don't always feel thankful, but I can always be thankful. When we talk about situations and we talk about, you know, living in a world where, where things feel shakable, where things feel unsteady, we won't always feel like being thankful, but we always have a reason to. And, and, and what we do in despite of our emotions is very important. And, and, you know, I would say teens listen up, but man, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50-year-olds, we struggle with this just as much. We don't want to pick on the teenagers. But, but living outside of our feelings is an important to skill to learn as you mature in life. Be, scripture continually talks about that we should do things based on our will, not just our feelings. And, and the, so to, to, to hop into a, a passage that kind of connects to this, in Leviticus 22, verse 29, it talks about the different offerings that we bring before God. And it makes this interesting note that, that is echoed throughout the New Testament as well. It says, when you offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving to the Lord, offer it of your own free will. In the New Testament, we see God describes that he loves a cheerful giver. Or, or to not, not give uh, out of a feeling of, like, of force from someone else, but giving because we want to. And, and in fact, all things pertaining to God, God is always interested in the choice that you're making. Are you doing this because someone's forcing you to? Or because you feel obligated to? Or is this something that you want to do? But I, I don't want you to get confused at saying, okay, well, if my feelings aren't in it, should I do it? I, I believe that there's actually an even higher honor to saying, I have a struggle with taking this step. But I know that God's asking me to. Like, for, for example, the situation, um, addiction is a huge problem in our world today. And to pretend that it doesn't exist in this room would just be oblivious to the reality that we live in. But if you've been struggling with it and you, and you begin to get a sense of God saying, hey, you need to reach out and you need to tell someone about this, everything inside of you might cry out. Everything in your emotions might cry out and your description, well, I'm at the church in the situation. We don't talk like this at church. We don't talk about these things at church. But I'm going to tell you, God is honored when you step forward and you listen to him and you, and you say, hey, to a brother or a sister that you trust in this room, I'm dealing with this and I need help. I understand, you know, to, to begin to serve, there's sometimes feeling, oh, I'm in, inadequate, I can't begin to step into this, and the emotion that I feel, and the situation that I'm in, it feels like I shouldn't step into serving, even though I feel this push on my heart from God to step into that area, 
And when God says, hey, I see that you're afraid, but I see you taking that step of obedience, God always honors that. You know, the, the, way, that, the way that we live of knowing our situation, but being able to follow God despite our situation, or to express thankfulness even in difficult situations, it's something that God sees and he honors. And, and in fact, one of the first marks of beginning to reject God in your life from Romans 121, it actually says that, that people wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. It's like one of the beginning steps of kind of pushing God out of your life is, you know, I'm going to step out of worship. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to recognize the hand of God in my life, the things that he's given me. And, and it's like this kind of small transfer of saying, you know, these are my resources and I'll do with them what I want to. The, the, these are my accomplishments. It has nothing to do with you anymore, God. And it's this subtle departure that slowly moves us away from God. And I just want you to kind of ask your, your mind and your heart that question, like, do I see what I have as God's or mine? Have I earned this with my own gifts? Have, am I a self-made man? Am, am I a self-made woman? Do, am I responsible for every good thing that I have? Or has God's hand been at work in my life? Because just even the, the basic things, man, the, we have blessings from God all over us. We have things that we should be thankful for despite difficult or good situations. And that's a temptation as well, man. When things get really good, it's like we, we, we don't want to acknowledge God's hand anymore because we, we've done well. We've done well for ourselves. Going back to the main passage, since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful. Notice it doesn't say feel thankful, but be thankful. I mean, so throughout Scripture, we continue to get better pictures of who God is, better pictures of what he's calling us to, better pictures of how he wants us to live, and then there's always a response that's connected to that. It's saying, since you know this, then you should do this. Because what, what God's teaching us throughout Scripture is not just things that we should store up in our head, but things that should affect the way that we live, the way that we use our hands, the way that we use our words. I, I started off this morning, you know, expressing some thankfulness that is long overdue to some people. And, and even though I knew that it was going to be good, I'll tell you, there, there is a challenge. There, 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 there's a little bit of a struggle to that, but I know the truth. I know the truth that once I get into doing it, that it's going to be good for them, it's going to be good for me, and it's going to be good for the other people in the room. I, I, I'm not going to let my emotion or the situation dictate what I do, because I know some greater truths. One of the greater truths that we should rest on, there's a couple different passages from Psalms that I'm going to quickly reference through um, but you can write them down if you want to read them more in depth later. Psalms 103:19 says, The Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. You know, as this passage says, his kingdom, uh, we're, that we're receiving this kingdom, that there is a truth that no matter who sits in the White House, we know who sits on the throne. And whether you think this president or the last president is or isn't your, pres your president, you're a citizen of this country, and so they kind of are or were, um, but, but that's not, that's not the, the truth that we should base the way that we live on. I mean, those people will come and go like the breeze, but this kingdom of heaven, it will not be shaken. This term, kingdom of heaven, I'm going to just tell you, like, it's like churchy word, churchy word, churchy word. Because when I say it, I mean, for the most part, it's like, okay, that's just some religious talk right there. And so I want to dive into that a little bit 
Because as Jesus teaches throughout the Gospels is where you see this concept of the kingdom of God more than anywhere else in Scripture. So it was close to the heart of Jesus understanding this. And one of the things that's used to compare the the term, you guys have prayed the prayer probably countless times, you know, Lord, let your kingdom come, your will be done. I mean, you you know this prayer, but this term, let your kingdom come, what does that mean? What does it mean that we're inheriting a kingdom that cannot be shaken? One of the, the things that's used to describe it is actually referred to as being synonymous with the statement, your kingdom on earth, is actually the statement, Jesus is Lord. Which seems strange because when we think of Lord, let your kingdom come, we think of some like heavenly invasion. Like, you know, raid the earth, like you come here now. But it's not, it's not talking about that, it's not talking about end time stuff. It's talking about the way that life on earth is for the people and especially the people where we live. Because God's kingdom here on earth now means doing the things that he cares about, doing the things that will happen in heaven on earth, living the way that he's taught us through scriptures right now, seeing the orphan and the widow cared for, providing for the poor, providing for the hurting, seeing healing happen, seeing the gospel message proclaimed and hearts turned to God, hearts on fire in worship. That's God's kingdom on earth. And and that kingdom being here now it is us living out these truths. And, and you know, we, 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 in regards to worship, in regards to thankfulness, it's like there's, there's one side. We can live in a situationally based thankfulness and worship where when the situation is right and the emotion is right, then I'll engage and I'll be there. But if the emotion isn't right and the situation isn't right, then I'm out. But the other side to that is saying, my thankfulness and my worship, it's going to be based out of truth rather than feeling. It's going to be based out of God's word rather than emotion. It's going to be based out of what is true forever instead of what is true for today. And and that's where we need to move to in the way that we live for God. That's the way that we need to move to in, in regards to expressing thankfulness and gratitude to God as well as thankfulness and gratitude to the people around us. Because this is part of God's design, that we would actually speak thankfulness to other people. And I understand that especially, you know, in regards to voicing some of those things, it's like, man, my life has been so messed up. I've made so many mistakes. I haven't been the person I wanted to do. And and I don't know that I can, I don't know that I can say what I really feel like I should say or want to say to that family member, to that spouse, to that coworker. The the, the second point that that I think is important is that even when I feel incapable— I know what God has in store for me is unshakable. God has a plan for you, and, and he's calling you towards steps of obedience that will lead you down that path. And I understand sometimes you feel like, I'm not worthy of what I think God wants to do. But you don't get to, you don't get to decide that. I mean, this might come as a shock to some of you guys, but you know I've been married to my wife for 14 years, and we have had at least one fight in that 14 years. I mean, we... <laughs> Uh, maybe just once this week, um, an, an argument. And, and I can make light of it, but I mean, seriously, like we've been married 14 years, we got four kids, like we've had some, some times. Like, I mean, we've been in tears. We, we've had the arguments that have lasted over into days. I, I, I get it. And, and there's choices that it's like part of your flesh, like in those moments where, where things, where the situation is difficult. Where it's like, I want to justify this choice of what I'm feeling. But I'll tell you one thing that we've done right, is that even in the most difficult of times and circumstances, we've clung to the truth. 
rather than the emotion. We've clung to the truth that this is my spouse. This is the person that I vowed myself to. And though we're butting heads right now, we're both committed to working this out. And in the midst of the most difficult times, when you cling to truth instead of emotion, I mean, I don't even have to explain it because you know. You know that it's an anchor for your soul. You know that it's the foundation that anything can be built off of. That God's word and his instruction for your life is always true despite what you've been feeling or despite how long the, the difficult season has lasted, you know his word is good forever. That his kingdom is never shaken. In the passage right before this, it actually references to when God spoke, his voice, it shook the earth. And, and that eventually the heavens will be shaken and they'll both pass away. And it paints this picture that even the whole earth, even the heavens as we know them, that those things will pass away. But this kingdom that is being established, it reigns forever. And the things that we... that we do for this kingdom they matter forever and and that's true from like the huge things of you know let's go feed the orphan like i believe that one day we're called to find a city and and to just see change happen it and we as gulfside church one day we're going to invest in a city that's outside of our country and we're going to see god's work begin in it and do incredible things and i believe that and 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 that's going to matter forever when we do that but even in the small things what what scripture teaches us is that when we see someone and and we see an opportunity to express thankfulness and gratitude and speak life into them that also matters forever and i don't want us to be a church that stays silent until we get to the really big things i want to be a church that honors god in the really little things because when he finds us faithful in those really little things he sees that he can trust us with the even even bigger things and, and, and this starts in, in, in just doing the, the, the simplest thing of encouraging someone else. In Colossians 2, verse 7, it paints this picture of what maturity in the faith looks like. It says, let your roots grow down into him, into Christ, and let your lives be built on Christ. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. I mean, time after time in Scripture, we see that the result of intimacy and closeness and maturity in the faith it results in expressing thankfulness. And so I don't want you to miss the power and the importance that this should play in your life. And you know that it matters because when your kid actually finally pipes up and says thank you for something, you're like, oh, that was great. Like, like it matters. And we can see that from our kid, but man, are we expressing that to other people? And I think Thanksgiving time is the right time to just kind of push on this button a little bit. And thankfulness, it's not the cure-all for all things of your life and all things of your faith, but when one area of your life gets stronger, when one area of your spiritual life gets stronger, the whole boat rises. Like the tide carries all ships up. And so just kind of looking at this and saying, okay, this is a sign that the closer that I get to God, the more that thankfulness is going to be expressed. But how do you express thankfulness before you feel thankful? How do you worship when you feel distant from God. You look at him for who he really is and not what your situation has made him to seem. And going back to the passage one more time, since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. We have a response 
We have a calling to live out. Band, if you guys would make your way up to the stage, I'm going to begin to wrap this up. Psalm 106.1 says, Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good and His faithful, faithful love endures forever. I mean, so many times it's just interconnected. Praise the Lord and give Him thanks. Praise the Lord. Acknowledge the things that He's given you. And it's trying to order these things because, man, it's so connected because when we see God for who He is, when we see God for who He really is, it puts the things that we think we need in order. It, it changes the way that we see the stuff. When, when we say, you know what, this stuff doesn't matter. In fact, all this stuff that I have, it's from you, God. And so whether I have it now and lose it tomorrow, it doesn't matter because when you're here, you're all I need. And this is the goal. This is the goal that we, we, don't, we don't need the stuff. We see that it's temporary. But this relationship that we have with God is forever. And, and if you haven't got to that point where you see, man, God, you are my treasure. You are more important than these, these things. You are more important than these jobs, than, than, than any, any home that I would live in. You are my treasure. And I want to encourage you, you need to take a step towards God today. Scripture teaches us when we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that, that you will be saved. And there is a point when, when, you, when you honestly believe, not because someone pushed you, but because you've made a decision with your heart, I believe God begins a work in your life. And one of the benefits of that work is that it begins to change the way that we see our situations. You know, I, I, I can't help but um, tell stories about my kids because they're just, they, they eat 110% of my time, like, and, and I enjoy to pour that into them, but my son Anthony, he's like two years old, and he's just got character. That's a nice way of saying he's, he, he's a problem. Um, he, he, he's, he's awesome, though. He's awesome, um, and I've invested a ton of time with this boy because it's me and him versus, you know, the four other ladies in our household, um, but he, the other, one of the mornings this week, he wanted like his eighth glass of milk before lunchtime. And I'm like, no, I'm not dealing with that diaper later. Like, you know, no more milk for you. And he starts to cry. And he's got these cute little dimples. And he sticks out like this bottom lip. And the tears are like rolling down and going into the dimples. And it's like heartbreaking. But I know, because I know him, if he looks me in his eyes, like if his eyes make contact with my eyes, he'll crack. And so I just sit there and look at him. And he looks up at me, and when our eyes meet, he laughs in the middle of his cry. Because I'm his dad. And he knows that I love him. And even though I'm not giving him what he wants right now, like, he knows, like, he's okay. And, but he looks down because he doesn't want to be happy right now. In fact, it makes him a little bit more angry, like he gets the angry cry going. But then he peeks up at me again to see if I'm still looking at him, and, like, he laughs, and it breaks again. And he, but he tries to go back to crying because he really wants what he wants, and he wants it right now, even though he doesn't need it. And I put myself into his field of vision, and he laughs again, and I pick him up, and, and he begins to, like, just chill out, and we go back to playing, and he's okay, and, and it's really just moving from, like, okay, I don't need this thing. What I really need right now is my father. And right now, maybe your heart has been breaking for something when really what you need is you need to get eye to eye with your heavenly father again. And he needs to reorder your life a little bit. Because you've been placing too high of an importance on something that, that is in God's place in your life. And church, I want to encourage you. There is no greater joy 
and knowing your heavenly Father is right at hand with you. There's no greater joy than knowing that he has completely forgiven you and he sees you as a dearly loved son or daughter. So if there's something else that's been pulling on your heart, stressing you out, making you worry, let's get back to that basic thing. Let's get back to this issue of, God, I am so thankful for what I have because I see that I have what I need right now and I will trust you for what I need tomorrow. But right now, God, I just want to, I want to worship you. I want to thank you in this place. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we are grateful. We see that the kingdom that you've given us not just a place, but it's an opportunity. And it's our opportunity to live out your mission. But more important than anything that we do or anything that we feel, we want to be close with you. First and foremost, be the foundation on which we build our life. We put other things to the side and we entrust our heart and our future into your hands, whatever that means. We give ourselves to you once again right now. Jesus' name.